praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Go ahead and turn and greet somebody this morning. Tell them you're glad they're here. Tell them you're glad they got to see you today. Did <laughs> for a minute at least. Hallelujah. Good to see everybody here. Hey, is all the mamas signed the paper out front? Anybody not signed the paper out front? Girl, right out there by the red. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're going to do a drawing in a few minutes. We want to make sure. Hallelujah. Hey, look, it's good to see everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Hey, you know what's so cool about it is, uh, you know, my, my mom's actually watching. So I get to say, hey, mom, love you. Happy Mother's Day. And see, she's an hour and a half away, and so I get to say that, you know, over there. And uh, so it's, it's not like I get to be there with her today, but she's watching, so hallelujah. Whew. 
Hey, grab your bulletins real quick. We're going to go over a few things and let some other stuff finish up. Right across the top, you see open heavens. We've got that sign-up sheet out front, and basically that sign-up sheet is, is are you going to ride with us on the bus? Are you going to ride with us on the bus? And uh, what we need to know is, is are you going to ride with us on the bus? Uh, we're going to let you rent your own room. It's, it's in the same hotel as this, but we're just going to let everybody ride on the bus with us. We're going to leave Thursday at around noon, um, and then we will return Saturday after the morning session because that's when they end is, is uh, Sunday, I mean Saturday. And it's about three and a half hours. So we leave here at noon. We get there at about 3.30. Let everybody check in. You're in the same hotel. Service starts that evening. Again, we don't even have to go anywhere until we leave to go eat, but they actually have food places right there and right around it. But uh, I just need to know if you want to go to make sure we have enough room on the bus. Just making sure you're all getting that. Uh, next Sunday is our piano recital. So if you're willing to serve, there is another sheet out there. Uh, and, and here's what's going on. We just need people that can stand at the doors and open the doors and smile and say, we love you. Thank you for coming. Right. And, and we can make sure that if they need anything, because they're only going to be here in the sanctuary. And we're going to have a big, uh, well, I say big, a baby grand piano up here Sunday morning. So we're going to shift how we do our worship. And uh, as soon as it service is over with, we're going to shift in to let's straighten up, disinfect real fast. And we'll be back here at about 1 so that they can come in at 1.30. And once they come in and do their, uh, their first session, it'll start at 2. It'll end at a little after 3. Then guess what we're going to do? Clean up the room and disinfect real fast. And we're going to let everybody else come in. And when they're done, we don't even have to do all of that. See, it's simple. We've got people willing to already do the disinfecting. All we need is people to stand at the doors and smile and say, welcome. Thank you for coming today. It's, it's real easy. But some people can only come to the first one because they have a, a Bible study it that afternoon. Maybe you can only come to the second one just to help. So I have it set up on there. You check where you, you're willing to help at and circle which one you can show up to. It's real simple. Made it as simple as we possibly can for you. And also, we've got May 30th, we've got Family Day coming up. Come on, Family Day. We haven't, you know, we haven't done one of those since, like, what? Jesus. I don't even know the last time we did it. So if you haven't been here since, or if you've been here since we haven't done a Family Day and all that, uh, what we generally do is uh, people dress down a little bit more, right, as far as, uh, you know, they don't dress up. We come in here and have some worship, a little devotional. Uh, I think we're going to do a baby dedication that day as well. And out front, though, we're going to have the barbecue pit set up. Uh, it's dependent on weather, of course. Y'all know Louisiana. Uh, we'll try to get some fun jumps. We'll have all the tables out front. And what we're going to do is, is we're going to come in here, do some worship, a little devotional. We've got the baby dedication. And we're going to go outside and hang out. But we're not going to do a bunch of preaching and all that. We're going to spend our time hanging out out front, just hamburgers and hot dogs. And, uh, you know, we're just going to have fun and let the kids play. One time we had a petting zoo. Uh, the lady came with a petting zoo and... We're just going to see what happens, you know, and uh, we're going to have the live share blood bus out there as well. So we're going to have some sign up sheets here soon so you can start signing up on who wants to donate blood. So as soon as the service is over with, we'll start people will start going out donating blood and all that. And so we can uh, be a blessing also to people that need it. So we've got that coming up. <laughs> Father's Day is coming up around the corner. <clears throat> uh, June the 5th, uh, ladies, June the 5th. At uh, 6 o'clock, I've got a special guest coming in, uh, just a housewife from Onalaska, Texas. Uh, she's going to be preaching. 
I've known her for over 20 years, and that's what she t- says about herself, even though she, pr- she travels the world ministering. But I'm just a housewife from Onalaska, Texas. Susan Richardson, that's what she always says. But she's going to come minister to the ladies on Sunday afternoon at 6. She's going to be back on Sunday morning with us, and she's even willing to go to Bentley with us that evening and minister to them as well. So uh, she's awesome. Y'all, y'all need to uh, invite people to that and uh, invite your friends, ladies. It's a women's service. Guys, y'all got to wait till Sunday to hear uh, and you know, unless you may be serving as a greeter or something or helping, that's the only way you can sneak in. See, it, it, there's benefits to helping. There's benefits to helping. So uh, we've got that, and we've got some other things coming up down the road, guys. So we've got a men's service already scheduled for July the 11th. I've got Paul Bradford coming in on Saturday, and then he's going to stay for Sunday. So, hey, we're getting back in the role of some things here. It's about time we start getting back into church. <laughs> Amen. And, and time we start ministering to people out on the streets. Because we got we to be doing that as well. Amen. So there's a whole lot of that stuff going on. Uh, so just, you know, again, sign up. And if you want to be a part of what God's doing, and uh, just follow on Facebook as well, you know, if you have Facebook. We've got some other things in store for you that's coming up here, hopefully within the next few weeks. Uh, some surprises for you, but we're not going to say that just yet. I'm just kind of chumming the water, getting you all, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. So uh, listen, if you're visiting with us this morning, fill out one of our Connect cards. We'd love to know who was here, and uh, that way we can keep in touch with you. I I promise I won't spam you. I won't sell your name or number to anybody, uh, but I may send you an email or a text message just saying, hey, we got an event coming up, right? Uh, Unless you live in, like, Arkansas, and I generally take those people off the list as far as text messaging. Uh, Because I've had some people that done I'm like, yeah, I don't need to message them. They're probably not here this weekend anyways. Uh, So, but, yeah, so fill out a Connect card with it, and... uh, we're going to give our young men an opportunity to serve us here in just a minute with uh, receiving our offerings. Uh, also, our guests, we're not asking you to give today. If God prompts you to give, give, fill out the card, put it in there, cash. You know, uh, They'll put the stuff on, on the screen on how you can give online. Uh, you just go to newlifeag.church, and you can, just, you can give right there on the website. A lot of people do that. We've almost got half of uh, our people that are actually giving online, and, uh, which is a pretty good number for a church. And uh, so it's convenient. And people set it up, and it's easy, you know. But uh, we want to bless the Lord this morning with our giving. Amen. And uh, let's, let's pray for a moment. Can we do that? Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. And, God, I, I thank you for an opportunity to bless you. I thank you that we can come before your throne of grace and mercy and, and just, just bless you this morning, God. God, I ask that you receive these gifts, receive our tithes, and receive the offerings that we bring as well, Lord. Lord, multiply these gifts, God. Lord, I know we want to be able to support more missionaries. We want to be able to help those that are in need, they're hungry. Lord, continue to multiply that money, that it will do it supernaturally. So, Lord, receive these gifts today and use them around the world, but especially right here in Marksville, Mansoura, Louisiana, to reach the lost and help feed those that are hungry. We ask this in Jesus' name. If you agree, shout amen with me. Amen. Amen. Well, our young men are going to come, and they're going to serve us this morning. Thank them guys for coming and doing that. And uh, hallelujah, they're going to come bring bring that around. Come on, guys. He looks like he's still sleeping, man. <laughs> hallelujah. I, I heard one of them would just sit there with a plate. You got something? You got something? That's my kind of usher right there, boy. <laughs> you got something? <laughs> I love you. Oh, Lord. Has all the mamas signed up? Any mamas not signed up? Any mamas not signed up? All the mamas signed up out there? Troy, can you bring me that bucket, please? 
Say, I'm not going to ask Tammy because she's a mama. I ain't going to, you know. Uh, so, hallelujah. Mm. So, we have, thank you, sir. We have some gifts for, uh, for all our mamas. Uh, my lovely wife ordered these and made, put this together. And uh, so after service, we're going to have the moms come by. But, hey, here's what I'm asking. Mama, I want you to come get it. Don't send your kids. Because you know what happens? You come get one and your kids come. Mama said, come get two. And Mama said, mamas, just come get it. Because we're trying to bless the mamas that are here. And so the, these are all the same. But my, my wife made this. She's very talented. That's why I married her. Other than other things, you know. <laughs> See, I, it wasn't just a cheerleader outfit. I'm telling y'all. There was more. I pick at her. First time I actually saw her, she was in a cheerleader outfit. So, But we're going to do a drawing for this. That way mama can tell all the kids, make today amazing. And when mama doesn't feel like smiling, she can do this. Because <laughs> mamas do that sometimes. But... All right, I need a guy. I don't want to draw. Hey, man, you want to draw one? Just one piece of paper, okay? Just dig in there with your hands, just one piece of paper. Okay, you got it? Do you know how to read that? Is that Catherine DeSalle? What? Catherine DeSalle? Where's Catherine at? Come on, Catherine. Come on, come get you one. Hallelujah. I had to, you know, well, that's actually pretty decent. But I was just trying to make sure that the, 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 the uh, so here you go. Well, bless you. Thank Happy you. Mother's Day. Thank you. Yeah, see, that wasn't too bad, but I was looking at that R. Where's that a K? Hallelujah. Whew. So we're going to, I said, after service, mamas, y'all can come up and, and grab you one. And, uh, hey, so we're, we're doing it for the mamas that are here. Right, we're trying to entice the mamas to come to church at our church on Sunday. So that's what we're going to do, guys. We got something for y'all too, and uh, we've been praying hard about getting these because Monday of last week it was just like they haven't shipped. So I'm calling them. Oh well, there. What you said you needed it by Friday. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and I'm like, listen, we just have to cancel the order. They've been ordered for a month now. Well, you can't cancel the order. Oh yeah, I can. <laughs> you knew the deadline. <laughs> Well, they'll ship out tomorrow. Oh, okay. So Tuesday, I'm calling up. I'm like, still nothing. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, they be getting on my last nerve and then some. And I'm like, that afternoon, I got a tracking number. I'm like, oh, Jesus. So then Wednesday, they finally get picked up from New Jersey. And then it's, I'm not going to say the name, but if y'all know me, y'all know my least favorite carrier. Y'all stop. Stop being me. My least favorite carrier company. And there's a reason. We were out here replacing the carpet. And we had the big old crew out there laying all the carpet down the side of the building. And we're sitting underneath. We're all on the, that was me and Mr. Corky and all. And we're sitting on the tailgate of the truck. And the driver pulls up, waves at us, puts a sticker on the front door, and gets back in the truck. And we're like, what is he doing? And it was these. We had Saturday delivered these. And so it was Saturday morning. He just sticks a sticker on the door, gets back in the truck, and leaves. We're like, where'd he go? <laughs> I got him Thursday. 
And I was like, how in the world they get from New York, New Jersey to here in one day? And I'm like, okay, I'll forgive you all this time. <laughs> Still not my favorite company, but hallelujah. Hey, listen, we're going to go into some worship this morning, and our kids are going to stay in here to the end of worship. But we do have nursery over here. Uh, what's our ages? Again, three and under. Okay, so we do have a nursery over here. Uh, just straight through that door, you'll see the nursery. But we're going to go worship. We have flags up here. If y'all want to worship with flags, come up front, worship with flags. When you're done, just leave them, right? We disinfect them like we always do. We try to take care of that. And uh, we're going we're gonna to see what God has for us today. I know the Lord has, has spoken some things to me this morning about our, our service. So let's stand up this morning. Hallelujah. Can we have a little fun in church too, though? All right. You know, the, this, this song we're fixing to do is always a fun song to me, but I still love the lyrics in it. So, hey, if you want your, your children to get a flag, hey, just don't let them hit anybody. I think the, cha- the children need to learn how to worship, but mom and daddy, you may have to worship with them to show them how. Mm, just saying. Y'all ready? Come on. Surely 
more time right there. Let heaven roar and fire fall. Come shake the ground with the sound of We need to declare that more and more today, amen. Whew. The more the world tries to tell us, no, 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 my God's not dead. Yours may be dead, but mine's not. <laughs> Yours is a statue somewhere, mine's not dead. Hallelujah. Whew.
mess with y'all for just a second. I, I told him this morning that, that in this song, every time we get to that chorus, it, it kind of changes to almost a swing beat. I, I, I sing it like I'm from Chicago. You know? Unstoppable God, let your glory go on and on. It's just, it's how I hear it in my head. So now every time y'all sing that song, y'all gonna just, y'all gonna, see y'all will be singing that song for years now. I'm telling you. But, but I did that so I could get the rhythm of on and on, right? On and on. See, it, it's little tricks. Little tricks, man. Bail me out there, Mr. Clicker, man. I got to move on.
Tell him that. Abba means father. praise in this house this morning. Jesus, we worship you. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. Come on, you'll keep playing that line right there. Come on. 
Thank you for letting Jesus come and dying for us. God, I thank you that you're in this place today. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to be with us, oh God. Let your spirit continue to move through us today, Lord. Correcting those things that need to be corrected and strengthening those things that need to be strengthening and removing those things that just need to go away and filling us once again with the power of your Holy Spirit. And I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. If you agree with that, shout an amen with me this morning. Come on, give him some praise this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can go ahead and, and try to be seated this morning if you can. I, I know our kids are going to run to the back. Hallelujah. They're going to go to the to the back, whichever way they're going this morning. I don't know. But the rest of them are going back there to 4 to 12s, I guess it is. Hallelujah. I'm looking to make sure I'm not wrong. I, I just, I, I defer Hallelujah. Whew. So here's a crazy question for you. While the kiddos are heading to the back, there they go. How many people figured they were going to come to a church today and they were going to hear a Mother's Day message? Well, I've got y'all trained well. Y'all know better. If that's what God has, then that's what we got. But I got over that a long time ago. I got, I got delivered. You know, I asked the Lord one time, and, and I didn't really get an answer on it, but I just kind of figured I knew what the answer was. Is how is it that every church in the world preaches on Mother's Day the same day? And Father's Day, they get the same. And I was just like, is that exactly what that church needed at that moment, you know? And I was like, I'm just going to preach what I feel God has and go that route with it. So you can put the title slide up there, but I'm going to be a little while before I get to the actual, yeah, let me grab some water. I promise you this, I won't preach any longer than the Holy Ghost wants me to. You say amen to that? Okay. All right. Boy, y'all don't know what y'all did there. It may be tomorrow before we finish. I want to talk to you today about belief and trust. Belief or Trust. I did a lot of digging on the difference between those words, and it really came up to who you talk to. It's kind of interesting, some of, some of the things that I found. Watch this. If I get to the right screen again. 
One of them was if belief, if someone gives you an information and find out that an information is true, then you'll believe. Trust. If someone gives you an information and you accept it without finding out it's not true, then you trust. Trust presupposes truth, but it comes before belief. Hmm. Belief is to accept something as being true. And I just, you know, I just kept going down the list. And But here's where I want us to, to focus on this. We, we say we believe God, and we believe there is a God. But we don't act like we trust him. So that's why I want to throw that out today. Is it trust more important than belief? Or can one only happen with the other? You see where I'm going with that? All right, y'all, this is getting real crazy. I got to get rid of these. It's gone now. Throw my shoes over there. We, we agree on so many things because we, we disagree on so many things in the church because of one thing or one thing. I'm not going to read what I wrote because I know what I wanted to say, and I text to type and that thing, Jesus. I don't know what it, language it was speaking when I text to type that in there. We, we come to church... And we don't like the way that one song was played. We discredit the entire move of God. We don't like what translation that preacher preached out of. But seven people got healed and eyes were open. But that's not God. And I, I think the problem is, is because we focus more on our belief half. I don't believe that's what the scriptures interpreted to. And if we moved over to the trust half that he's big enough to do what he wants to do. And he's also big enough to shut down what he wants to shut down. We'd, we'd allow the Holy Spirit to do a whole lot more in our life. Because when we when we move over here to the belief side, we got to understand everything. But I don't have to understand everything when I'm trusting. Right. I, I don't have to understand everything. But the problem is, is that's how we operate without well, I. You know one I hear a lot, and, and, and it is about speaking in tongues. We're not supposed to be speaking in tongues today. Is that your opinion or is that theology? Well, it depends on what theologian you read. Right? Depends on what theologian you read. So then it goes back to our belief. I believe this theologian over this theologian. But can I tell you, oh, man, can I tell you this? I speak in tongues. And I didn't speak in tongues when I was sitting at the bar. And I didn't speak in tongues when I was out chasing women. But it wasn't until I got my heart right with Jesus and found out he died for me. And then somebody laid hands on me and I woke up speaking in tongues on the floor because I didn't believe any of it. I didn't believe any of it. But I sat there and I told that preacher one day, you're not going to push me down. Because he had my head all back like this. And I looked at him and said, you are not going to push me down. But I want everything God's got for me, everything, and I don't have to understand it. And those guys next to me fell over, and he was like, ooh, we got a tree right here. And I'm like, mm-hmm, because you're not going to play games with me. I'm going to get into the Word, and I'm going to see what the Holy Ghost has to say about it. 
He came back and prayed for him. He's Brother Butterfield. I have no idea any more about him other than he was Brother Butterfield. That's, that's all I remember. It's been a long time ago now. He come prayed for me again. I woke up on the floor with a shoe in my back, and I was praying in other tongues. And my thought was, what is in my back? And I rolled over. And I still pray in tongues. Listen, today I believe it because I trusted him and he brought me there. And if we will allow God, if we will allow God to do some things in our life, we may not fully understand. I'm not, listen, I'm not talking about those blatant, unscriptural things. I'm not talking about that. We, we allow the, the thoughts of this world to stop the move of God in our lives. God is trying to get things to you, but since you don't understand it, or, well, I don't know if that's God or not. Let it happen. I have things happen in my life that just blow my mind. But you know what? We will not see revival come to this community until we can start trusting God that he's big enough to take, be in control of it. Too many pastors, too many church leaders are trying to control what God wants to do instead of trust that God is big enough to do it. Well, revival can only happen this way. Why? Because I, oh, there we go. That's your belief again. I believe it only happens this way. See, I've been preaching just straight up revival every Sunday for how long now? I don't even remember. But you know what I know? We need a revival every Sunday. This isn't something we schedule. This is a lifestyle. A friend of mine just got back from a church over in Arizona. Y'all know which one? Fresh start. He went over there to see if it was legit. He was like, I've been watching it online. I'm, I'm going to see for myself. You know what he told me? He said, we're, we're experiencing the move of God like they are, but, but. He said, Rich, I was walking around the back. The cameraman was sitting up there praying in the Holy Ghost while the sermon was going on. <laughs> like, what? The ushers were praying in the Holy Ghost as people were coming in. He said, I couldn't find nobody when praying in the Holy Ghost. The 13th, I saw a video just yesterday. A 13-year-old walked up during their prayer service. And the pastor thought that she wanted prayer. She says, no, I don't want prayer. I want to pray for the nation. And she got up there and prayed better than I do. Why? Because it's a culture of we're going to pray our way through. We're going to trust God that he knows what he's doing. And you know what? Praying in tongues is trusting God. Because you don't always know what he's saying. And you know what? I don't need to know. I, then it's not me. The thing is, is that the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't like Jesus because they couldn't trust what he was doing. And they weren't going to get no credit for it. That spirit's got to go. It ain't about who gets the credit for it. There's only one that's ever going to get the credit and the glory and the only one that deserves it. They tried. They tried to kill Jesus. They couldn't do that. They tried to tell him, what are you doing healing people on the Sabbath? But there was a healed man in front of him. What are they going to do? <laughs> well, that's not the books of the law, so you, you can't do that. I, I don't know about your law, but I was born blind and now I'm not. I was born deaf and I'm not. And the man that did it is over there. I don't know about that law business. <laughs> so then they went after him another way. See, it, it was a whole fact that they wanted to control. When we trust... We know it's taken care of. When we look at some of the early scriptures of the Israelites, we can see some, some, some things in there. So grab your Bible and flip over to Exodus chapter 14. It's way back toward the beginning. It's easy to find. 
Way back toward the beginning. Exodus chapter 14. I, I want to show you something and show you that this is our mentality a lot of times in the belief of, yeah, hold on. I'll put it up there until. Yeah. This is our belief, and this is what they're telling us. They were walking in, I think I believe, but they weren't walking in trust. Okay? Watch this. Exodus 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, this is the Pharaoh with all the Egyptian army coming after the Israelites. They're backed up against the Red Sea. The Israelites looked up and saw the Egyptians marching after them, and they were very frightened. So the Israelites cried out to the Lord. Look at this. Then Moses said to them, it is because they are, there are, they said, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Does that sound like they, they really believed the ten plagues and all the things that had happened? They really didn't believe it. They were just walking in it. Because they, if they had fully trusted God, they wouldn't have mattered that they were backed up against the sea. So you brought us out here to die because the Egyptians don't bury people like we do. Is that what you did? It is. What is this that you have done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Did we not say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? They wanted to stay in slavery. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians as slaves than to die in the wilderness. It would have been better for us to live a life of sin and addiction and adultery and whatever else you want to use than to say, I'm going to walk away from that and follow Jesus. It would have been better for me to stay there and die than to leave that and say, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life, and I can't do anything without you. I don't want to be that person anymore. It would be better for some of us to sit at the bar and drink all night long and, and wash away our problems than to say, I'm going to try to stop drinking that beer, and through Jesus' help, I'm not going to touch it again, or I'm not going to do that drug again, or I'm not going to do whatever. See, that's where we're at right here, guys. This is where we are. Jesus died so that you didn't have to be a slave anymore. Well, I'm not a slave. Let me tell you a quick story. You're going to laugh because it was very funny after I went back and looked at it. There are things that we are slaves to that control us, and we say we are in control of them. I like drinking Coca-Cola. But you know what? I don't have to drink Coke. And people say, oh, sure, yeah. I broke that a long time ago. And honestly, I don't even drink Coke half the time anymore. It's just other things I put in the cup because I just like water or tea or whatever when I'm driving and working. But when I, when I heard about this, I said, I'm not going to drink Coke anymore. I was a recruiter in the military in Beaumont. I walked into Westbrook High School when I, uh, one morning to go see the ROTC commander and, and the warrant officer and all them. And here's the Coke machine that I stop by every morning. And all of a sudden, the Coke machine says, you're not going to make it unless you have one of me. I'm serious. I was, that's what I heard. I'm like, what? Nah. It ain't been a couple days since I had a soda because I was like, this thing is not in control of me. I'm not a slave to Coca-Cola. And I heard it talking again, and I had change in my pocket. And you know what I did? I went over there and put my change in the machine and got me a water just to say, now I got no more money, so you can't say nothing. <laughs> and I walked away. It was trying to speak to me because it had control over me. It's, it's, it's no different than your cigarette. 
in your beer, in your drugs, or you're lying, or you're cheating, or you're stealing, or anything else that is not acceptable to God. If you can't put it there, put it here, and say, God, I don't need it anymore. I need you more than I need this, and walk away from it. And tomorrow you're banging on my door and saying, Pastor, can you open the church? I got to come get it. We're slaves. That's what we are. And I come to tell you today that if you'll just trust in Jesus, you don't have to be a slave anymore. But let's go a little deeper. Flip your Bible over to Exodus 16. Watch this. Now remember, he's already parted the Red Sea. Regardless if you believe that was a ditch or an actual ocean. Depending on your theology today. I know the National Geographic has found the chariots on the bottom of an ocean. But if you believe it's a ditch, I think you got more faith than I do. Because the, the strongest standing army on the face of the earth at that time was the Egyptian army. And God killed all of them in a ditch with your belief. <laughs> at least mine, it was an ocean that drowned them. It was a ditch, if you believe it, or a marsh area. The gist of this story is, is they came up, they dropped across, walked across on dry land, which meant there was water there. And when they got to the other side, God brought the water back and killed all of them. See, we're getting past that, well, I only believe it this way business, because now we're going to get into the real meat. Exodus chapter 16, verse 1. Look at this. They set out for Elam. And all the congregation of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month after they left the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of Israel grew discontent and murmured and rebelled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the Israelites said to him, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. See, now they hope God would have killed them in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the pots of meat and ate bread until we were full, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill the entire assembly with hunger. They were more content setting and eating as a slave than getting out and trusting that God was going to take care of them. Guess what happened after that? God gave him manna. Once again, he struck the rock and there was water in the middle of the desert. You know, you can go online and actually see some of that stuff. There's a massive rock that's got these slips in it that's smooth on both sides. It's just a rock standing there. And on the bottom of it is this huge pool area that, that looked like something was there for a long time. And around it is the feet of the Israelites. See, I'm, I'm killing your belief part because you don't believe that. And, and the Lord told them, everywhere you put your feet is there. So what they would do is they would, they would chisel out a mark like a sandal. And you can find it all over the road that they traveled. And that's the rock that Moses struck, and the water just ran down the rock and, and had enough for over a million people to drink. But they're still struggling. See, this, this I have to do it by what I see mentality has been there a long time, guys. And it, we've got to learn to trust Trust is, is not always I can see, right? I'm just going to show you a, a couple stories here. Joshua and the spies, right? God said, you're well able. Take the land. They go out and they spy the land and they come back. And they got grapes, you know, huge and, and all this stuff. 
Yeah, but there's giants in that land. There's big walls. Wait a minute. God killed the entire G Egyptian army. He, he kept a, a cloud in between them and fire. He brought us out to the desert. He gave us manna and he gave us water. And now we're going to go across to Jordan. And, okay, so what's the problem here? Oh, no, no, we're like grasshoppers to them. You see, the problem is, is, is the rest of them believed what one or two people said, and it began a cancer. And then the rest of them had to live in the wilderness for 40 years. Can I tell you, I am so thankful that it doesn't operate that way today. You is on your own. If you want to go around that mountain again, you can go right on out there, fill up your truck, and go. I'm not going around that mountain again. I have been around that mountain a couple times. And thank God it wasn't a 40-year journey. Because I'm just a little over 40. And as many times as I've been around it, I'd be dead already. We don't have to do that anymore. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells inside of us. The, the one that teaches and comforts, the one that wrote the very word of God that we read lives inside of us. And can help us go from here to there. See, what took 40 years for them to happen can happen like that to you today. By allowing the spirit of God to get inside you and say, hey. Wake up. Trust me, and I'll show you some great and mighty things. The disciples. The disciples were around Jesus. And they still had trouble. Right? I always love the story of, of Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. And, and I'll tell the rest of the story for those that are visiting and haven't heard it yet, but I love it. I was in the Navy for eight years. And I've, I've been in some big storms in aircraft carriers. I, the aircraft carrier is 70 feet off the water. The flat top. And I've seen it go down and half the ship get covered by waves. It is a really cool sight when you're inside behind the glass. Okay. The story is that the disciples are in the boat. Now, who were most of the disciples? A lot of them were fishermen. Professional fishermen. What was his What was he trained to be? A carpenter. So now they're in a boat going across the sea. A storm comes up. They're all freaking out because it's fixing to kill him. He's asleep. And they go wake the carpenter up to ask him what to do. I, I just always found that amazing. They ask the carpenter, what would you have us to do? You don't care that we're fixing to die? I just, it, it always amazed me because in my rational thought, right, I'm not asking a carpenter how to sail. <laughs> I'm not asking a carpenter uh, what what deck do I need to go to for uh, the galley on the ship? You know, or or you know, where's my berthing at? Oh, it's O three tack one twenty five tack two tack Lima. Or yeah, he has no clue what uh, that's the the frames in the ship and all this. And Mike knows he was in the Navy too, and but it freaked him out. But then later on, they're in the boat, they're going across, and here's Jesus walking across the water, and now they're like, it's a ghost. But only Peter started figuring it out. See, I'm trying to bring y'all somewhere. Peter started figuring it out. The same one that denied him later on and even said some cuss words, according to the King James, to try to prove he hadn't been around him. See, we try to act sometimes, depending on who we're around, like I'm not one of those. Like being a Christian's a pansy. I've heard that before. Right? When I got saved in the military, it was like, oh, you're a pansy now. Said, we can go out back. I'll pray afterward. Luckily, I never had to do that, but I'm just saying, hey, listen, man, I'm, I'm not a girly man, all right? 
<laughs> uh, you know, we'll tie if we have to. But that's what they want to tell you. Why? Because I'm not going out picking fights no more. I'm not cussing people out. I'm not doing all that kind of stuff. It's not who I am. That's not God made me to be. See, Peter got out of the boat. Did he get out of the boat because he believed Jesus or that he trusted him? See, that's an interesting question. Because you could look at it both ways. He believed him, so he got out of the boat. But along the way, he lost his belief. Or he got out of the boat because he trusted it was Jesus. And then he looked at where he was because it said he saw the water. And then he went back to his belief. You see, the same guy that denied him later on, the same one that, that hid all of those different things. We've got to learn to trust God in all situations, regardless if you can explain your way out of it. Because I've told you all, man, with, with my analytical mind, I start a project and I've got plan D already in line. I got A, B, C, D, and sometimes even further than that. I can tell you five ways I'm going to make this thing work if the first four don't. <laughs> yeah, Mike knows. I, I've already, before I even walk in and start the project, I'm doing this. But I had to learn to trust God. Right? I had to learn to trust God with finances. God, you know I'm in the military. I can't get a second job. <laughs> I had to trust God. Because, you know, you can't work a second job when you're full-time military. It just don't happen. It just doesn't work that way. But I got babies to feed. Well, baby at the time. Yeah, well, <laughs> trust God anyways. It wasn't about what I believed anymore. It was about the fact that I had to trust. I knew what the scripture says. But I had to move from what I knew the scripture says to now I'm trusting you to see it happen. And that's where we are. We've been trusting, we've been praying and believing that God is going to pour revival out upon our community, upon our region. But we haven't been trusting him in the way that we walk out and do something with it. When was the last time you put some feet to your belief? Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Right? We've got to be willing to go out and pray for people and, and watch God heal them. We, we've, got to, we've got to be willing to do these things. We've got to be willing to do these things. A lot of us say we, we believe God. A lot of us show up to church because it's a habit. Or we were just taught to do that by our parents. There's people that do that. You know, we called that one time. We told a teenager, who says, some of y'all are some drug kids. Never did no drugs. Now that's what we're talking about. Your mama drug you to church on Sunday morning, drug you to church on Wednesday. You was a drug kid. But they never loved Jesus anywhere along the way. Why do we attend church? So we can come hang out with our friends? Or so we can come be a part of what God's doing? So we can come and get into his presence? See, it starts changing everything. When I go to a church service, I am trusting that God is going to show up and manifest. He's going to show up and manifest. Listen, when I go over to open heavens, I am trusting that God is going to pour out his spirit and he is going to just blow me away. I'm not driving three and a half hours to go over there and listen to some guy preach good. I can do that online. But I can tell you this, being in person and seeing things is totally different. Being in person. See, we've got we've to trust that Jesus is going to do everything that he said he was going to do, regardless if you can explain it. Regardless. Regardless. Some of us even say, well, those miracles are for those people in the past. What about you? 
Will you trust God for a miracle? Will you trust God? See, a lot of times we do an altar call for a healing or something, and people don't respond because they don't have any trust that God's going to do it. Well, I don't want to walk up there. It's just a waste of my time. How many times did the one guy have to dip in the river? Could have just had to dip one time, huh? But what did he do? God was working out some pride issues as he would go down. Well, I can go dip over there. It's much better. No, no, God wants you to dip in this little nasty water. Yeah, but that's cleaner. No, 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 you got to dip here. And finally, it took somebody else to tell him, hey, if he would have told you to do a small thing, you would have done it, or a great thing that you would have got some victory, you would have done it. But why this? Why does this bother you so much? See, we, we don't trust what we can't explain. And you can't always explain everything with God. With the relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit now, we should be able to trust in all situations. That's not always easy. But you know what? I trust that no matter what happens to me, I'm going to go to heaven. It's nothing to do with what I believe. I trust. I do believe it as well. I trust that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I do believe it as well, but I trust. You know why? Because I was willing to step out and do something with my belief. See, just because you go to school and learn a bunch of things in books doesn't mean that you actually know how to do them, use them. I, I was complaining about the, uh, the school that my, my youngest son attends because he was learning how to do lathe work and machine work and all that, and he was all online during COVID. I'm like, you can't learn how to do that <laughs> online. <laughs> now, they've been teaching him now that they've been back in person, but I told Wendy, I said, if they're going to keep this up, we're pulling him. I ain't paying for this. Because I've run lathes before, and I'm like, you can't learn that by reading a book. you got to put your hands on it. <laughs> you know what? They taught us electricity and electronics in the Navy from a book. But then you know what they did? They gave us these big trainer machines. And if you did something wrong, it went, and a big light flashed. <laughs> you know what that means? You just died. So they'd make us do push-ups. But if you died in a test... You died. There was no such thing as dying in a test. You went back one week in training. You had one more opportunity to relearn it. If you died again, you were done. You're out of school. That's it. Because they don't want you to kill yourself. Then they would put us on a real airplane. Guess what? There's no buzzers on real airplanes. We had to know it, and we had to do it. There's no second chances on the real deal. See, we've got to operate that way. God, I've got no second chances. It's either you or it's nothing. I've got no fallback plan. I trust you with everything. I trust you, Mama. I trust God to take care of my babies. That's hard, isn't it? Yeah, but my baby's not serving the Lord right now. I trust God that he's going to send somebody to my baby, somebody to my child to tell them about Jesus. You see, i got to trust that. I can say I believe it all day long and then just complain about how they're not in church. When I start trusting, I don't complain about it. It's just, flip your Bible over to Proverbs chapter 3. Guys, it's, it's time we move from just saying we're believers. <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about that until I just said it. We're just believers. We say that all the time. Just a believer. 
I'm a believer in Christ. Yeah, I believe. Listen, <laughs> even, even the demons in hell believe Jesus is the son of God. They just don't like it. <laughs> they know it. They don't like it. You can sit there and say you believe Jesus is the son of God, but if you never accept him as your Lord and Savior and submit your life to him, you will not stand there and, and get the grace and mercy that, that Jesus died for, for you. You will end up in a pit of hell one day. So, yeah, I believe, but do I trust? Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Look at this. Trust in and rely on confidently. Trust in and rely on confidently on the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight or your own understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize, capital H, Him. And He, capital H, will make your path straight and smooth, remo removing obstacles that block you away. Come on. Trust in and rely on. Not just say, I believe. You know, maybe we need to change that. I'm not a believer. I'm a truster. <laughs> I don't know. The, the disciples, the early apostles, the early church, they didn't, they didn't die for a belief. They died because they trusted. You know, it, it's kind of like the, the missionaries, the, the tip of the spear, I think is the name of it, down in the Amazon, end of the spear. If you've never watched, go look for end of the spear movie. It's a movie about missionaries. Whew. Now, I think there's another one. It's a documentary about it, but they actually made a movie about it. And these are guys, these are missionaries. I think it was three or four missionaries. They were trying to reach an unreached people group down deep into the Amazon, and they had an airplane. And there was a sandbar down there. So what they did was they dropped a real long rope with a basket, and they dropped the basket with stuff, and they would circle so the people could come and get it out. And they'd pull it up. And then they started practicing landing their plane on the sandbar so they could come tell these people about Jesus. They were crazy. They trusted God. And they got down there and they did that. And some things happened and it startled the people and they killed the missionaries. But the cool part about a story, I'm telling you, if you ever watch a story, it'll, it'll grab you. It, it just it grabs me every time I think about it. Is, is they were spearing the one. He's looking up like this. And at the end of the movie, you realize that heaven had opened and he was seeing the angels. But the guy that was spearing him saw it too. And in the end, it was the wife and children of those missionaries that went and lived with those people and reached all of them for Jesus. And the guy that killed the daddy baptized the son. They didn't die for just a mere belief. They died because they believed it so much that it had become trust, and it was settled. See, when I trust you, I don't question it, right? When I trust you, I don't question Are you telling me the truth? You're going to do what for me? I don't question it. But when I just believe you, I may question that once in a while. Why are we struggling to trust that God can take care of all of our issues? When we've seen it and read about it done thousands and thousands and thousands of times, well, maybe he won't do it for me. Well, maybe he will. And you know what? I'm just going to trust God that he will. But what if he don't? Then you died trusting in something that's amazing. Or we can live our life in a pit where we don't care. Because that's what we're saying. 
That's what we're saying, guys. Listen, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Rich, you know, I, I, I'm a believer. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but I don't trust him like that. See, that's the part where, where I used to tell the kids. If we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. It's easy to say I want him to be my Lord and Savior, but it's hard to trust that I'm letting him save me and that I'm allowing him to be my Lord. There's a difference in that. There's a difference in that. We live like we say it and we just live our lives the way we want. Or we live like we truly do trust him. We truly do trust that he is the Lord of all. He created everything. So today I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Rich, you know what? I, I want to trust the Lord like that. Maybe you've never said that prayer and you say, today I want, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but I want him to be 100%. Listen, I got saved, stayed in church about a year and a half and had some disagreements with some of my brothers, and, and I ran away from it. And a few years later, I'm standing at the altar, and Wendy is standing at the altar with me. And she had grown up in another faith. And I remember sitting there telling her, I said, either we're going to go 110%, or we're going to go home and burn the Bible and it don't exist. I stood at the church altar and said that. I said, I can't flop. I said, but I've been all in for 20 years. All in. I live like the devil. I, I did all those things. I wasn't killing people, but I, I tried one time. And luckily, somebody beat me off of them. I said, I'm going to go full bore for the Lord, just like I was going full bore for the devil. 110%. I said, you want to do that? She said, yeah. Never backed off. Has it been easy? No. But I've had to learn to trust. When he said, sell your house and move into a camper, I trusted. I trusted that he was going to take care of me and my children and my wife. See, because I told her, I said, it's, it's easy being on my own because I can live in my car. And I can scrape up enough money for a Big Mac once in a while. But now, I've, now I'm not only walking away from everything that I know for me, but I have responsibilities. And I can't let them do that. So let me tell you something. I didn't walk away from, from a job. I didn't walk away from all the things that I've walked away from in my life to follow after something that I don't trust. I trust him with my children's lives and my wife's life. Y'all know what I'm saying. I, I'm just I'm making sure you understand today. So just put something on soft for me. But if you're here today and you, you want prayer for that, I want you to just find a place up here real quick. Come on, I'm not going to do raising hands and all that. I want you to come up here if you want Jesus today. I want to pray with you. I want to I lead you in a prayer that somebody prayed with me. Or maybe you're like, Pastor, I, I struggle trusting God. I want to pray with you. Come find you a spot up here. Come on, don't, don't make me prod you with a cattle prod. You don't need that. We're old enough to do things. Come on, come find you a spot up here this morning. Jesus, I need Jesus as my Savior. Lord, I want to trust you. Wendy, can you go check and see about how much longer they're going to need? Just so I know. I will trust in you.
Holy Spirit, I will trust in you. I want to know you. I want to know you like Peter did. I want to know you. Jesus, come on. I want to know you. I want to know you. Like Peter does. <laughs> Father, we need you. Let your spirit move through this place, oh God. Guys, if you've got things in your life that you, you know they're holding you back, just, just tell them, Lord, take it right now. Come on, his presence is in this place. Just tell him, Lord, take it from me right now. God, I want to trust you. But there's some things in my life I know you will not accept. I want to trust you. I want to know you as my God, my Lord, my Savior, my friend. I want to know you, God. Jesus. I want to know you, oh, I want to know you, Jesus. Let us see your face, oh God, let us see your face. Let us see your face, oh Jesus. Hey, tell them one. Jesus. Mm. Come on, let God minister to you this morning. touch from you this morning. They need a touch from you, God. Jesus, have your way in their life. Jesus. Father, touch those that are up here today. Touch those that are up here, oh Jesus. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in our lives, Jesus. Have your way. Ooh. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you.
Chip just sent me a quote by one of those missionaries, Jim Elliott. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. That's good. Thank you, brother. That's good. Hallelujah. Guys, we've got to learn to trust beyond just saying I believe. Amen. Beyond. Hey, can I get our uh, deacons to come up and help me out a second? I got to stall for a couple more minutes. Hey, we're going to go ahead and sign off online, guys. We love y'all. Hey, tune in Wednesday for the service. We're going to have an amazing time. We love you. Thank you.